This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Weekend Breakfast. Health and wellness. Seven minutes after eight o'clock. Welcome to the third hour of Power Weekend Breakfast. I almost said third and final. <laughs> we still have another hour to go. Third hour of Power Weekend Breakfast. In our health and wellness, we speak about World AIDS Day, which took place yesterday, but also the prevalence of HIV in South Africa and where we are currently standing as a country. Dr. Tutula Singata is joining us in studio to have this conversation. Straight after that, we speak to the founder of Quatre Saison. Um, uh, she's an interior designer and the owner, of course, Noelle. And we speak to Noelle at about 8.14, the power hustle. But let's start here with our health and wellness. Dr. Tutula, thank you so much for your time. Good morning. Morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming through. A pleasure to meet you. So share with us, where are we standing as a country when it comes to HIV, especially also from what was shared yesterday by the deputy president? Um, so, um, as we all know, South Africa has, um, one of the highest HIV prevalences, um, in the world. Um, just for everyone listening in, that means that we have the highest number of HIV, um, one of the highest numbers of HIV infections, um, in the world. Um, I think we have about 7.2 million people currently living with HIV in South Africa. That's quite a lot. Mm. Um, however, we are also seeing, um, that we have um, managed to virally suppress all of the most of the people that are living with HIV. That means that most of them are undetectable, so can't spread the virus because of the um, ARVs they are using. So um, I, we're happy that we are seeing an improvement, um, or that our public health interventions are quite effective and working. So that's sure. quite encouraging. Yeah, so something is happening. Mm. There's positiveness to the situation. But we also heard um, in the speech yesterday by the deputy president that young girls are, and women are still the most affected group of South Africans, mm. right, um, when it comes to HIV and AIDS. Why do you think this is the issue? Okay, so um, I think the issue basically has to do with um, young women not being able to negotiate um, a lot of, negotiate their agency when it comes to um, 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 relationships or sexual relationships Mm -hmm. that they're in. Um, There's a lot of, um, there's a big disparity in terms of the power dynamics in um, 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 intimate relationships um, when it comes to men and women in South Africa and generally in the world. Um, if you look at things like um, the gender pay gap, men get paid m- way more than women in South Africa, which means um, a lot of women um, um, will date um, for transactional purposes or they won't be like the head of the household. They're very dependent on men. And while someone might think that that is not significant, it plays such a huge role um, when it comes to women being able to um, um um, initiate or, or or rather discuss consent, um, being able to um, um, date with people um, in their age group and that sort of thing. Um, so we find that um, these young women um, um, likely to be in transactional relationships. They're likely to be in relationships where they're abused um, and not have a say in how um, in in anything that relates to their sexual um, and reproductive health. And so they 
because they're vulnerable, um, they're likely to get um, infections such as HIV, STIs. Um, they're also um, um, likely to become um, victims of gender-based violence. Um, and I love that it ties with the 16 days of activism um, against the abuse of women and children that we're currently um, talking about as well in this mm. period. It really is concerning, right, that mm. women can't negotiate as you put it right they that they get violated in such a way Mm. um, that they actually then end up getting HIV or AIDS um, and possibly from the very person that they're in a relationship with what do you think especially for the for the girls the younger women Mm. what educational material or what more needs to be said to encourage them to be dependent but also to understand their bodies and the effect that you know having unprotected sex could have on them um i think um my approach to that is very much um um sort of um, it's focused quite on a lot of aspects right Mm -hmm. it's focused on um uh, things on a bigger scale like policy empowering women on a bigger scale um improving the gender pay gap um ensuring that women and men get paid the same way um get get paid equally for the same work that they do um and then as you move on to a um um, um, a more micro scale or a more interpersonal level um it speaks to both men and women you know um men preying on young girls um we need to that's something that needs to be openly frowned upon society and um there should be consequences for those um um there should be consequences for those actions um and then moving on to parents who parent these young girls um they need to be able then to sit um to sit down with their children as they grow and have these conversations with them um have the conversations um that might seem very taboo in our society you know whether it's sexual health whether it's hiv whether it's dating um that conversation needs to happen at home because what happens is people will have that conversation regardless of whether or not they have it so you don't want that first conversation with your child to start somewhere outside because you don't know what influences they'll have and then it speaks to young girls as well um you know understanding and realizing that um they have the power and uh, to 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 be you know um responsible citizens in society mm-hmm. um and to take opportunities um that they have you know whether it's schooling or seeking whatever career paths to empower themselves mm. It's 13 minutes after 8 o'clock. We are in conversation with Dr. Tutula Singata. She's a medical doctor um, speaking to us about HIV and AIDS in the country. We saw a report yesterday, Dr. Singata, that came out um, this week, rather. Can we speak then about that report that also speaks to the drop in the HIV prevalence in the country? Mm-hmm. What does it say? Um, I think it says that, like I was saying before, um, I'm not sure if I I got the figures right, but I know that around about 2017, we had 7.8 people. Mm -hmm. And currently we have about 7.2 million people. So there is a bit of a drop. It speaks to the fact that um, the interventions are working. This conversation that I'm having here on this platform, all the health promotion that's happening out there is working. Um, All the other interventions like PrEP, um, that have been introduced, um, which is a one tablet um, to prevent um, HIV infection in HIV negative people who might deem themselves as a people who are at high risk for contracting HIV. There's post-exposure prophylaxis as well for someone who might have been unintentionally exposed. There's condoms and there's um, those things are easily accessible. Healthcare. Um, we have free healthcare in South Africa. So I think it, it definitely 
is something we can show for all the work that has been going in, in um, improving our HIV um, prevalence and preventing HIV. Mm, and it, it is quite interesting, right, that there is this drop. Mm. Um, I saw on um, one of my social media pages, somebody wrote, um, is a married woman, please um, take PrEP. Mm. I mean, that in itself is quite controversial, right? It is, but you know what? I don't know if this is, I don't think this is controversial, but my logic around it is, and and, and it, I mean, it's a case-to-case basis, basically. You know your situation. But I always say, like, you don't know what the other person's doing. Um, like, I don't, if, if I'm, I have a partner now and mm. they're at home, I, I would trust that they are being faithful, but you don't really know what people are doing. They don't know what I'm doing if mm. they're not listening to the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if it's that case, and then there's something that you can take um, um, to prevent um, infection. It's unfortunate that um, people have to um, be in a position of not trusting their partners in a space where they're supposed to feel safe and comfortable because marriage is your home. It's, do you get me? Um, it's, it is unfortunate, but for those that want something, there definitely is something. Something to protect you. Hmm. Taking your calls on zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. Send us an X at Power FM nine eight seven at Sehoma Ahi underscore questions or comments that you may have for Dr. Singata this morning. We are speaking about um, the HIV prevalence in South Africa. It has dropped, which indeed is good news for the country. Um, let's take this call from Frida. Hi, Frida. Good morning. Good morning. Morning, Frida. Mm, so, you know, my concern is much as the prevalence has dropped, we are happy as a country, but we are also not cognizant for the fact that there are people who don't know their status, you know, because of testing, it's still a, a, a voluntary thing. But my concern is also on the age. Our youngsters that are being, you know, infected every day and not because they don't know, but because of the behavior issue. I think we really need a multidisciplinary approach in this in a way that we don't need to be speaking about HIV and AIDS only. We also need to be speaking about the danger of being exposed to sexual intercourse at a young age, you know, the danger of, you know, young children, especially girls, you know, being pre-exposed to sexual intercourse at an early age that might also increase their risk of contacting cancer at a later stage, I think there needs to be a multidisciplinary approach where we engage on this sexual matter, not as the only as only intending to prevent HIV, but also to caution young children about their behavior. Children are not supposed to be having sex. I, I'm very concerned that in, in my neighborhood, I had to establish that young kids from the age of nine, they've got pornography in their in their in their phones they already understand what sex is and Mm. they are already having sex you know so it says a lot about also our parenting to say that we are not parenting properly Mm. we are not parenting properly kids are parenting themselves kids are raising themselves you know we understand that there will be those who will be violated but i think that it's a few who will contract AIDS being violated than those who contract AIDS because they did have sex and they were aware of what they are doing. And because we are not talking about behavior modification as parents, we are not talking about it as communities, Mm. we are really, really letting our kids raise themselves. 
We no longer have family systems where uncles and aunts speak. We know that, oh, my uncle, if my uncle can see me doing this, my uncle will be very upset. Will be very upset. I think we need to go back to the drawing board as South Africans. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Frida in Harangua. And I, I tend to agree with her. You know, there's a lot that still needs to be done. And children of these days know too much for their age, right? Um, I absolutely, absolutely love her take, um, especially because she says that um, the focus um, on um, giving young children sexual um, education is not just HIV. If you look at the psychological effects, um, when you're 13 years old, um, first of all, you shouldn't be having sex even by law, but also like your brain is developing. Mm. Your brain is developing at 16. I think it's a, a, at around 25 that your brain fully develops. Um, and so a lot of things you don't understand. That's why peop- you can't consent at ages um, below 16, I think. Um, it's because your brain is not fully developed. You probably don't understand what you're doing. Mm. Um, um, you know, and those are the conversations that parents need to have. And not, I, I don't think it's being too strict. I think it's protecting someone with a growing mind. Mm. And then you look at all the other health, um, physical health um, impacts of or risks that come with um, practicing or starting sex at a young age. Because also when you're young, you're not very responsible, if we're being honest. So it's not just HIV. Um, there's a lot of STIs. HPV is one STI that people don't actually talk about. And it causes cervical cancer Mm. so anyone who has sex can get hpv it's just passed through sex a contact of genitals that's all um and it is responsible for um young people getting cervical cancer and it's the it's the process of developing into cancer speeds up when someone has hiv um and then you have other stis that we know of like gonorrhea syphilis those things they can affect your fertility Syphilis can affect your brain, like different parts of your body. Like people don't think about those things. Um, And I really, really love what Frida said. We need, need, like parents need to take that responsibility. Because if you don't teach your child, I can't stress this enough, something or someone else will teach them and they will teach them something wrong. Um, You know, I think one of the things is that you you don't know what's going on with your child and on their phone. Mm. They might be quiet. They might seem like they're behaving, but you don't know what they're taking in. And it's very difficult these days to restrict content that children um, um, take or or consume. Um, But I just want to urge parents to really, really get involved. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves in really big trouble because this generation of children is going to be, you know, our gener- the next generation of adults, um, the workforce, basically just... Ripple effect. Yes. Those are the people that the country is going to be standing on and need um, to make healthy... We need to have healthy people that contribute to our society, mm. you know? Mm. Is there still a stigma, Dr. Tutula? I would say way less than there was um, in the earlier years, but I think there still is. Um, I'm actually not, I don't remember her name, but I came across, or I've seen quite a couple of videos of um, a lady on TikTok who discloses her HIV status and speaks on her journey. And, you know, she was talking about her day-to-day experience and still the amount of stigma that she experiences from people she knows who are close to her. Mm. um, People that were born like, 
you know, people that are younger than us, um, it, it, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because where are they learning that, mm. um, first of all? Um, so I think we need to do better when it comes to educating um, young children or young people. And I think we need to teach them um, that they are, you know, they need to be responsible citizens. Um, and people, you know, I, I get that there's a sense or, or a bit of nonchalance as uh, when it comes to um, just being responsible when it comes to your sexual health. There's a lot of recklessness going on. I get a sense of that. And I get that when you're young, you want to have fun and, you know, but there's ways to do it and be responsible because you have one life, really. You'll get older and you don't want to look back and regret it. Mm. And talking about being responsible, you know, we spoke earlier about these pens down campaign, the pen down parties mm. um, that young people go into. I mean, last year we saw, you know, about 20 children, if I'm not mistaken, that passed away at Enyo Beni Tavern, I right? Remember. Because of a pens down party. Um, and it's things like that, right? That these parties, anything can happen at these parties. And as you said, they are young people. Your brain is not fully developed mm. to understand what could possibly happen or what is going to happen at one of these parties where does where do we then educate and how do we have the conversation especially with the younger um you know the younger children around you know sexual intercourse hiv and aids other stds how do we have that conversation age appropriately as well um, I think it's an ongoing conversation. You definitely can't have that conversation just once with your child, boom, gone. Um, and I think, um, you know, you have to start as the child grows and tailor it to what they can understand and what is appropriate for them. So, for instance, when I was young, my mom would teach me about um, safety, basically, like mm. no one should touch you here. Um, no one should do this to your body. And it, it would be appropriate because it would be at bath time. And she'd say stuff like, I will always believe you if you say this. But it, it, it never left me being suspicious or wanting to find out what's going on, you know. And you have those conversations as, as children grow up. And I think you always want to open that room um, for them to feel safe so that, let's say, they make a mistake or they're in trouble. They need to have someone, someone responsible who cares for them, who loves them, um, that can take care of them. Mm. But I definitely, definitely worry because I feel like sometimes um, parents leave um, the growing and, and figuring life out um, to growing children too much. Mm. But, you know, part of parenting is taking your child to life because they need they need that guidance. You have to offer that guidance. Um, yeah. You spoke also about healthcare, right? And people being able to walk into a healthcare facility to get tested and so forth. But is it really as accessible as it's being reported? Because we are seeing, you know, people going to some healthcare um, facilities and they either don't get assistance or they get assistance hours later. Mm. Um, so, my, you know, the, the concern also, especially for someone that is, you know, HIV positive or has now got AIDS, how is that? How is the healthcare system for them? You know, and is there still the stigma in the healthcare system about HIV and AIDS? Um, so I definitely know that the public healthcare system is very, very overwhelmed. Like the ratio of healthcare workers to patients is so high. Like you'll have, I'll just, this is a rough figure, but for one doctor, one nurse, like there's like 
I'm just going to, just to paint a picture, there might be like 50 patients or that sort of thing. So that's why things are slow um, or whatever. And I get that people also experience um, unpleasant attitudes sometimes mm-hmm. when they still seek healthcare. Um, and, you know, sometimes um, there might be a sense of judgment or especially for something as sensitive like um, HIV and sexual health. Um, and also and also, if you look at um, facilities, I, I mean, are they youth friendly, really? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why um, at um, Giredi, um, we created this model where we have mobile clinics um, that were created with the young person in mind, and young people are employed um, to, to young people are employed to create this um, concept and execute it, so that it 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 is for young people by young people, nothing for us without us, right? Mm. Um, so these mobile clinics are in four provinces in the country, Eastern Cape, Western Cape, KZN, and in Gauteng, in all this, um, in all the districts in Gauteng. And we basically offer basically comprehensive healthcare services. So sexual and reproductive health, HIV testing and counseling, um, anything that you might want to get. We have PrEP, um, we have post-exposure prophylaxis um, at some of our facilities. And the idea is, um, one, we want to um, offer health um, in the language that young people speak and we want to create um, a culture or blueprint for for targeting young people where you make it a safe space for them to discuss anything without any judgment. Um, and this is free. Um, and we have like, we try our best to make it youth friendly. We have music outside. We have Wi-Fi. We have all of these opportunities for them to get jobs that we um to get jobs that we have as well mm. so i definitely i definitely think this is something that should um be modeled in the public health care system as a way of including young people and drawing them in to participate encouraging them to seek health care mm. and an interesting question on eggs by zico good morning to you zico it says did the numbers drop or people just aren't testing well that is difficult to say right because um, when we stats are documented from people that test, mm. so that is difficult to say. It is a possibility. I also do wonder. This is just a thought I have. If us recording um, um, a higher number of women affected with HIV more than men is because more women test and more women mm. are responsible. So those are some of the things that um, you know we can't be sure about, and that are a possibility. Mm. So, Dr. Tutula, for those who would like to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Um, so, we are on social media. We're on X. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. We are on, we are, did I forget something? Facebook. Instagram. Yes, Instagram. <laughs> I always forget get the picture app. Um, at Giredi Essay on all of our social media. On Wednesdays at 7 p.m., 6 to 7 p.m., we have TikTok Lives where we discuss topics. Um, and it's really nice and um, interactive because we respond as people um, are typing on the live. And then we have a WhatsApp line where people can contact us and speak directly to a doctor. It's anonymous, non-judgmental, um, and we give you all the help help and assistance that you need you can ask about anything from sex to hiv to a flu um it's zero six zero zero one nine double zero double zero again um whatsapp line ask a doctor um zero six zero zero one nine double zero double zero 
Awesome stuff. Thank you so much for your time and thanks for sharing this morning. Thank you so, so much for having me. Dr. Tutula Singata, medical doctor. That WhatsApp number is 060-019-0000. Speaking about HIV prevalence in the country, but also how Giredi, the mobile clinics, we've had a conversation with Giredi before, right? Um, The mobile clinics and how they assist young people specifically. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.